Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I think it's important to get out of the gate uh, well. I would say that our team was 7-3 and three in the first 10 games, and then, you know, there were some extenuating circumstances with uh, Vander Kane getting stepped on and having that horrific injury. And then I would also say that, um, you know, with with Yamamoto going down, McLeod, Fogel, those guys um, get hurt. You don't plan for that. I thought we did what we had to do to continue to gain points points and survive that adversity and that set us set ourselves up uh, as we move down the stretch but I think the game plan is always to get out of the gate as well as you can in the end uh, I think we had 109 points and one team finished ahead of us in the Western Conference and if you were going to go by regular season uh, regulation wins we were second only to the Boston Bruins so there was some good there can we be better in the regular season we can be um, and part of that is making sure that um, your start isn't just seven and three out of the gate it's over a longer period of time that is Edmonton Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft from his availability yesterday he will join us tomorrow live on Oilers now it is 206 in Edmonton uh, three hours this week then we'll revert back to our normal two-hour shows. So for those of you that are Oilers Now haters, you'll be happy starting Monday next week. Don't worry, I don't take it personally. It's okay. We're allowed to have different perspectives on life. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. They're still making it great. What? You must think like me! No, 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 no. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. They're still making it great. Get their new Canadian club pizza with ham, chicken, bacon, ranch, and fresh tomatoes. Visit royalpizza.ca. All right, it is time. That's right, time. We are going to do our assessments on the Edmonton Oilers players this year. Player evaluations as well as uh, organizationally what we think might be able to do. Now, you can still text us, by the way, on the Ashley Fine Floors uh, text line. Uh, but the Logie Bear says, Bob, longtime listener, first-time texter. Of course, Vegas had a deeper team in the playoffs. They were millions over the cap limit. The Oilers had that luxury. We would have been a deeper team as well. Well, they kept Mark Stone. Uh, he missed the back half of the season. And basically, that allowed them to go out and get Barbashev, one more player. The team's actual dollars spent on the players that were playing were relatively close. At the end of the day, Vegas were two points better than Edmonton in the regular season, and they were better in games five and game six in the second period when the games flipped. It's that simple. So let's do our player evaluations, Brandon Escott, and we are going to start in goal. So I'm going to read you two sets of stats. Uh, during the regular season, Stuart Skinner ascended to number one with the record of 29, 14, and 5. He had a uh, goals against average of 2.75 and a save percentage of 913. By the way, the numbers we are using are hockeyreference.com. Uh, so Skinner, uh, 29, 14, and 5. Again, 2.75, 913 save percentage. Jack Campbell went 21, 9, and 4. He had an 888 uh, save percentage with a 3.41 goals against average. In the playoffs, Skinner, after going 2.75 and 913 in the regular season, was at 3.68 goals against 
and an 883 save percentage with a 5 and 6 record. Campbell came in and mop up duties four times and stopped 49 out of 51 shots for a 961 save percentage. Okay. In a stat like uh, goals saved above expectation, depending upon, there's a couple different models out there. Skinner was either basically even or gave the Oilers five to six. Um, uh, you know, basically goals saved above expectation in both models that I saw Jack Campbell was at around minus 18 to minus 22, which would equate to four to six wins in a year if he'd had average goaltending, which would have given Edmonton top spot in the uh, division and in the conference. Brennan, give me your assessment on the two goaltenders. Oh, wow, a bit of a tale of two seasons, you might say. For both guys. Expectations, exactly. In terms of expectations and then how things ultimately played out. So uh, it's, you know, Stuart Skinner, are we doing a letter grade here? I've got you don't even, down a letter. You don't even have to do a letter, just overall player evaluation on it. Um, I think Skinner showed an incredible maturity over the course of the regular season. I thought that uh, he got. Um, Quite a bit more run support, is that fair to say, over the course of the regular season? As the season wore on, yes, yeah, Skinner Because Camel had better run support in the first half of the year. Yeah, uh, and he showed a longevity, and I think that he proved to himself and to everybody that he belongs in the NHL, and he did so to salvage a season because Campbell really, uh, you know, at an 888 save percentage, uh, let, I think, uh, let down, but probably, if you want to use that He did that not strong, perform up to the contract. No, it's that simple. They signed him on a five-year deal at $5 million. He did not perform up to the level of the contract. And then, you know, he was pretty darn good in relief with uh, with a 961 save percentage and four playoff games that he factored into. So, hey, if, if you involve the stretch that he had in January when Skinner was uh, away from the team for a little bit and, and, and uh, Campbell started basically 10 games in a row and won nine of them, you know, he, he did at least have some salvageable part of this year for me. So, uh, overall, it's something that certainly needs to be improved, but if you're looking at $7 million for the next few seasons for these, this tandem... 7.6. $5 million and 2.6. So I'm happy at that price point. I know, and not everybody is. You're like, I guess the question that needs to be asked, it, to me there's a couple. Should it be game on for the battle in between the pipes starting from day one next season and preseason. <laughs> I think it starts in the offseason right now in these guys' minds. Whether they're going to admit it out loud or not, I think right. that training uh, it's, you know, how focused must one but be. But should Skinner you know? automatically start the first regular season? No. Let's say the Edmonton no. Oilers go to Vancouver to start the regular season. Okay, should, should it be Skinner automatically be the starting goaltender in that first game? I don't believe so. Even if he wins the Calder Trophy, Bob, I still wouldn't go that far. I think it's wide open. I, I think it needs to be. I think you've paid a guy to be the starter, and I'd love to give him a chance to bounce back. He's, he's here for, on a long-term deal, so it is wide open, and I'm excited to see which one takes this competition more seriously in the offseason. Uh, it's the type of thing, this you know, making one another better, that's the type of thing that you've talked about the Oilers wanting to have for a long time. That's depth. Mike McKenna referenced the fact that, uh, you know, Stuart Skinner's worked a lot with Dustin Schwartz, the goalie coach, and he referenced it in a piece that he wrote. You wonder where Campbell's headspace is at relative to that. And, I mean, you take a look at the... I get why Jay Woodcroft and Dustin Schwartz 
because and I do think Dustin would have input I, because I think Jay uses at the end of the day it's Jay's final decision but I I think that he would use input from his assistants uh, you know from a because I think he's open to collaboration. Um, all that being said, I get why they made the decision that they did in the playoffs. For me, it should be a full competition next next year, and it should be dependent upon how guys perform out of the gate. I don't think Edmonton can trade Jack Campbell. And if you're trading Jack Campbell, you're likely just getting somebody else's problem. Right? Is that fair? Yeah, I think so. And and the the whole hellebuck for Campbell, I mean, that you're talking about a whole What are you giving up three number ones with that to do that? Exactly. Like, like that that's a very different conversation than one that And Hellebuck's only got a year left. Now I would assume if you were talking that sort of deal that you'd be looking at an extension. I just don't see Winnipeg doing that. Right? I I think the Oilers have got to work with Campbell, give him another opportunity and make the most of it. And I think it has to be an open competition in between the pipes. To me, Campbell is the type of goaltender who's shown that he can thrive in short spurts or in relief or in tandem. And if you've got a guy in Skinner who's at 24 or I guess 25 years old next year who's able to balance the other half of that out, then you've got a pretty good situation on your hands. However, Campbell's got to hold up his end of the bargain. So while the win-loss record actually looks pretty good at 21-9-4, the 888 save percentage does not. And I'm sure if I flipped onto some advanced analytics, it might tell a lot more. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Oilers' defense uh, and for the record I believe only six of the seven of them will be back. We'll talk about that when we return on Oilers now. 218 and everything in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brennan Escott with you. Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny and the gang want you to know about their flash sale, 10000 off remaining 2022 F-150s. The boys say they're also paying top dollars for trade-ins. They've had a run on used vehicles. They need more. If you have a vehicle that's in good condition, they'd be happy to buy it from you outright as well. Call them at 780-352-6048. Brentridge Ford is your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. Cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. 218 in Edmonton. Time to look at the Oilers' defense as we do our uh, postseason evaluation. So, Brendan, um, huge alteration to the defense, and it started on February 28th with the acquisition of Matthias Eckholm. Tyson Berry going to the Nashville Predators. The Oilers basically giving up two number ones. They, they get Eckholm's rights for three years. I mean, the numbers were ridiculous, what the guy did. It, uh, we're going to look back at this and just kind of shake our head. Uh, Matias Ekholm played 21 regular season games for Edmonton, had four goals, 14 points, and went plus 28 in just under 21 minutes of ice time. Uh, Ekholm, I think it's fair to say, was pretty good in the playoffs. A goal and seven points. He was even. He played a lot, and the Oilers got crushed five on five against Vegas, and he played 21-53. No one's going to debate about it. He was an absolutely critical addition, and in the process... It jump-started Evan Bouchard, who had a wonderful playoffs, most of it on the power play, but 17 points in 12 games was dashed for, but was on the ice for three empty net goals against. That did not help, um, which is kind of the reason why plus-minus can be a bit of a BS stat. Darnell Nurse and Cody Ceci, they struggled as a pairing. Nurse's regular season numbers were pretty good, especially given that he doesn't play first-unit power play time. 12 goals and 43 points. 
plus 26, uh, playing almost 23 and a half minutes per game. Uh, you had Cody Cece, uh did not score after the second game of the season, just one goal and 15 points on the campaign, was plus 11. 2008 and had he and Nurse had a real tough uh, playoff. Can you come back with that top four in your opinion next season? I don't think so. It, it, because one one thing needs to change. We need to see a partner for Darnell Nurse who helps uh, get the best out of his game. Because I've seen the residual effect of Matthias Ekholm and Duncan Keith both on Evan Bouchard now. What a difference that's made, particularly recently. So to me, this obviously isn't working. I think what we saw maybe in some instances where you get caught blaming Darnell Nurse for being out of position and maybe in reality he's trying to make up for something that his defensive partner didn't do in a, in a different part of the sequence. And you know this coaching staff's big on the sequencing of plays, right? So to me, Bob, something has to change there. Something needs to maybe get a little more defensive-minded with Nurse so that Darnell can be the player that, you know, he whatever it is that, that everybody seems to think that he's lacking, it would be nice to see somebody else alongside. Cody Cece with one goal and 14 points. I mean, that's the production that Ekholm put up in a quarter of the time here. That's top four without pl- Without playing power play time in Ekholm's case. He was on the second year power play. It should be noted that CC had five goals and 28 points a year ago, was plus eight in the regular season, plus 11 in the regular season this year. Uh, and in the playoffs last year, CC was really good. I mean, he had seven points in 16 games, plus four and played 20 minutes a game. We know he had a groin issue. They got to only they know how 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 hurt he was. I think he'd tell you he needed to play better. He's got two years left in his deal at three point two five million. Brendan, it's it's an interest. He is a right shot. There's going to be. I'm told there's a bunch of teams looking at Damon Severson, and could Edmonton be one of those teams? And then they turn around and flip a guy. I don't know. I mean, I I wonder. Like I'm looking at CC going. Can he bounce back and play better next year? I think he can. The question is, that pairing frustrated. I mean, they had some problems against Vegas. They got scorched in that series. I think Darnell finished minus six in the series and CC minus seven. That that doesn't cut it. That's not top four pairing stuff. And again, I say you want a you want a tandem that makes each other look better. And I am starting to think that maybe those two together, at least this season, uh, didn't do one another a lot of favors. All right, there were uh, four, uh, three other defensemen that saw playoff action. Kulak, $2.7 million extension, four years. The guy's from here. I thought he was fantastic in the playoffs. I really do. Um, you know, at the end of the day, Brett had was ended up being a plus player, plus three overall in the playoffs, 16-21 per game. It's a pretty good third-pairing left shot. He's a little bit pricey at 2.75. Vincent D'Arnais had went plus 15 in the final 36 games of the year. I meant what I said. I thought the officials took D'Arnais out of Game 1 and Game 3 of the LA series, and he got into a little bit of trouble in Game 1 against Vegas. But his final five games against Vegas, I thought D'Arnais played pretty well. I think you can live with that as a third-pairing. What about you? 
I like Brett Kulak's game. I think he shows up at the right time of year. He shows up, period. He played in all 82 games, and sometimes the best ability is availability. So you love that out of a third-bearing guy, and you don't hear a ton about him, right? So that's that's kind of what you're you're hoping to get uh, until, again, I say, you start noticing his defensive prowess in the uh, in the playoffs for two years in a row, and, and you can't take that out of the equation. So I like it. I think you got to keep giving DeHarnay a chance to grow within the league. You hear the way other uh, markets are talking about this player. They wish they had the big six foot six and a half monster guy on their team. And DeHarnay is going to figure out how to work yes. within the realm of the NHL officiating. I don't think it's easy to step in here, play at this pace, and try and assert yourself, uh, particularly in a playoff setting, right? So, Philip Broberg, what does Edmonton do with Philip Broberg? Uh, if you take a look at his advanced metrics in the playoffs in a highly sheltered role, uh, Case in point, he ended up with 65% offensive zone starts, but he was 57% Corsi, 56% Fenwick, uh, 95% PDO, so he he didn't go on a PDO heater, was a plus player in limited time uh, in the nine games that he played. What do you do with Broberg? Because I don't think he had huge traction this year, but he's only 21. Texas on the Ashley Fine Floors tax line. I mean... You know, could you play him and Kulak together and play DeHarnay with Nurse? Is that asking too much? You, you'd be weakening yourself on defense. I mean, the one thing that's going to work against Broberg long term is Bouchard's going to be on the first unit power play, and there's a, two other guys in Ekholm and Nurse that are ahead of him on the second unit power play. He's not going to put up any kind of numbers that are going to get him paid. But it looks like he can transport the puck. So, is he trade bait? Or conversely, do you need to stick with them? And what can you get for them via trade? Well, that's going to be the fun of next year is thinking about what teams want in terms of that trade deadline acquisition or that acquisition Edmonton is going to make, uh, be it to bolster the the top six on the right side or whatever the case may be. But you end up in a situation where someone's asking for first round picks or equivalent. Well, that's what Broberg is. And if we've talked here about him being somebody who, uh, you know, the brass believe can play 15 years in the league that's going to be enticing to another team to take on i'm not so sure bob because the development has been slow for the last two years i'm not so sure that this is a player who's going to align timeline wise with the oilers window to win to me that makes him an interest to somebody else and maybe you can use that to better suit uh, a different part of the lineup james says bob would the oilers ever explore a deal with the rangers involving Broberg for Schneider. Well, Broberg was a much higher pick. Schneider's, i got to check this, but for some reason I think Schneider's a right shot. Uh, Both kids have major roadblocks on the depth charts. I wondered about... um, I wonder about if you you do move Broberg, do you move him for a right wing on an ELC? Because we're going to get to the wingers and the centers momentarily in orders now at 227 in Edmonton. Bob... Uh, gentlemen, Bob and... Oh. Uh-oh. That's the hotline. He doesn't know we're still on. I'll call him <laughs> in a second here. Uh, we will never win as long as Darnell is on our team. After Game 5 of the LA Series, he was on, almost on for 75% of the goals. Um, and uh, what else? Uh, he cost us a Colorado Series last year. 
Uh, and we won the L.A. series this year in spite of him. Thoughts? I think that's too critical of Darnell. I don't think he cost the Oilers. Uh, Colorado was just better than Edmonton last year. We'll, t- we'll get to the forwards when we come back. We'll start at the center and the center options. Off to a global news weather traffic update. Randy Kilburn.